Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. It is good. It is a Sunday morning. What a what a blessing. What a what a blessing it is to just be able to come and gather in His name. And man, it's good to see you all this morning. And uh, uh, I'm excited that you are here. I'm excited that every one of you are here. That we are here to worship our King. That we are here to to. Unite in the common ground of Jesus Christ. And it is good. And I pray that your hearts and your minds are ready to hear His truth today. And I'm going to turn this down. Yeah. Alright. Is that better? Or did it just kill it? Can you still hear back there in the back? Yeah. Okay. You know what? It's good to gather. It's good to gather. And He calls us to gather in His name. And what a blessing that is. And you know what? Here at Beecher Island, we like to be about His truth. That's why every Sunday I say that we are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And I pray that your hearts and your minds are ready to hear His truth today. I pray that you walk out of here with, with His truth in you and not mine. Not mine. You know, uh, I love that we gather every Sunday morning. Him. But I pray in that that this is not the end of your week. I pray that this morning, that every Sunday morning is the start to your week. The start to your week of seeking Christ. The start to your week of, of looking to Him for everything that you will do. Looking to Him to say, Your will, Father, not mine. Your way, Father, not mine. Your word, your truth, not mine, Father. And I pray that every Sunday is the kickoff to it. I pray that every Sunday is the, is the opportunity for you to come and be recharged to go out into that world and walk in Him. Because it's not easy. It's not easy outside these walls. It's not easy inside these walls, to be honest with you. But we're here to rejuvenate. We're here to gather in His name. We're here to fill up our tanks. And I pray that that's what happens this morning. So church, let me just say, if you're excited for Jesus this morning, say amen. Amen. Hey, we're awake this morning. All right, that's good. That's good. Hey, uh, today we get to start in the chapter 20 of the Gospel of John. I've been waiting for this day for a year and a half. <laughs> chapter 20, I love. I love chapter 20 of the Gospel of John, and it, and it lays so much out. I try to wrap my mind around what's taking place. Right? We, we know that Jesus has been hung on the cross. We know that He has been crucified. They have pierced His side. He has said it's finished. He has taken His last breath. thing that's really difficult for me to wrap my mind around though and just, just paint the picture is that while Jesus was on that cross, it went dark. At noon, it went dark for three hours. And when He had taken His last breath, when He had, when he had given up His Spirit and voluntarily died for you, the sun came back out. I thought about this week. Oh my. What did those that were standing around who knew Jesus 
what they think. What was in their minds? What was rolling through their brains? As their Savior just died. But the sun comes back out. Ah, what a picture to paint in your mind. And I try to wrap my mind around it as to what they were thinking. But I can't. But what I can wrap my mind around is John chapter 20, verse 31. You see, John was very intent on making sure we know we know why he wrote this gospel. And why he put every detail that he did into it. Because he says in chapter, in chapter 20, verse 31, he says, But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing, listen, it says, And believing you'll have life in his name. And I pray you hear that today. I pray that as we read chapter 20 this morning, Verse 31 is the big picture that you have. Because there is a ton of detail in chapter 20. But keep in mind, it's all so that we will know that Jesus is the Christ. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You that we can just uh, come to You at any time. We don't need a moderate. That's You. We don't need an advocate. That's You. We don't need somebody to give us the wisdom or the understanding of Your Word. That's You. And I pray this morning that we open up our hearts and our minds to allow You to work in us so that we can walk out of here closer to You. Lord, I pray this morning that we understand that it's a personal relationship with You. It's not a religion. It's, it's not a, a man thing, but it's a God thing. It's a relationship that You want with us and that's why you went to the cross so that we as individuals can have a relationship with you and we thank you so much for that and I pray that we hear your word this morning that we are moved by your truth and we see and believe Jesus I thank you for love and it's in your name that I pray amen Alright, John chapter 20. We're going to read the whole thing this morning because I, I don't want... There's no stopping place in it. Really, I should read clear to the end of chapter 21. We're just going to read chapter 20 this morning. Read chapter 20. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the Scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own home. 
But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nail, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. <coughs> and after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came to the door being shut. Jesus came, the door being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to, them, said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So much detail. So much detail as to what Jesus did. So much detail uh, of the people that were around Jesus and what they experienced and what they got to see. Now I believe that there are some details, a couple of details that are, that are pretty interesting that, that John gives us right off the bat. He, he gives us some, some details about <coughs> the time. 
It was Sunday morning. It was the beginning of the week. It was, it was Sunday morning just like this morning. It was, it was a Sunday. Lord's Day. And on that Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. And we know because of the other Gospels that there were, there were other women with her when she went to, the, went to the tomb. But when she got to the tomb, she found that the stone had been rolled away. What a feeling that must have been. Because she didn't understand that Jesus had risen from the grave. She fully thought that somebody had taken the body of Jesus. She fully thought that, that his body had been stolen. But think about the emotion that, that all of them had to be going through. What has taken place over the last four days for them? It had to have been intense. It, it had to have been emotionally draining. Here Mary looks in the tomb and she sees no body. Now we know that Mary ran back and she told Peter and John that the body was missing. But I want you to paint this picture. You see, I, I picture uh, <coughs> Mary running as hard as she could back to the disciples. She, she ran with everything she had and when she, she got back to them, you know she had to be out of breath. And had to have been with emotion, great emotion, saying, Jesus is gone. Jesus, the body's gone. The body's gone. And, and then she says, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid Him. And as soon as that sound hit the ears of Peter and John, they, they had to have had intense adrenaline rush through their body. I mean, think about this. If somebody comes running into your house and says the barn's on fire, immediate adrenaline, right? That has nothing compared to them, to Mary running into G, to, to Peter and John and saying the body's gone. The feelings that they have. The emotion that had been running through their body. Fear? Anger? The want to fight? Come on, boys! I believe they want to cry. All this emotion and their initial reaction is to get up and run. Get up and run to the body. Get up and run to where the body was supposed to be, right? I want to go and see the evidence for myself. So they get up and run. Now, maybe it's not supposed to be comical, but I find it a little comical, okay? That, that John points out that he ran faster than Peter. I, I don't know why he put this little tidbit in there, but, but I always tell you that I picture Peter a big boy. I mean, he pulled the whole net of fish out of, the, out of the sea by himself. He had to be a big boy. And here John's poking fun at him. He outran him. He made sure that you know, and we know, we all know, that he was there first. Maybe it's not supposed to be comical, but I find it comical. It's okay to laugh. It's okay. I'm joking. But the Scripture tells us, he, being John, stooped down and looked in. Saw a linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. He stood at the door, right? 
he stayed at the, the entrance of the grave. For whatever reason, he didn't go on, go in. I don't know why, but yet he examined the tomb. He examined the tomb and he sees the, the linens laying there. Everything that had been wrapped around Jesus' body. Now, in my opinion, I believe that the linen cloth were still there in the shape of Jesus' body, but laying flat. I don't believe that Jesus was doing a dance trying to shake them all off and throw them out. I don't think it was a mess. Because we know that the handkerchief later on was spoiled. We'll get to that. But I believe that he looks in and all this linen is just laying flat and it's still the shape of what Jesus' body was prepared for. Paint that picture in your mind. Paint that picture. You see, a lot of people want to say, well, the body was stolen. A lot of the Jews want to say the body was stolen, right? Well, if the body was stolen, why would they take time to put the linen cloth back as perfect as it was? No reason. Jesus took the time. Jesus took the time to put it back like it was supposed to be. You see, and then here comes Peter. Here comes Peter, and he, he doesn't stop at the opening. So, again, paint this picture of Peter running behind, John standing in the door, and he just busts right in. Either John was smart and stepped out of the way, or he got mowed down. I'm not real sure, but Peter came running in. Look, he's full of emotion. He wants to know where is Jesus, where is Jesus is at, right? Where's the body? So he comes busting in there, and, and when he did, he saw the linen cloth lying there. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Paint that picture in your mind. This linen cloth all folded nice and neat separate from the rest of the linens that were that were there. This handkerchief folded. Now I'll tell you, there's been many sermons preached on that handkerchief, and I'm not going to preach it this morning. But I'm going to tell you this, that the detail of this handkerchief in the Gospel of John is so important. It's so important so that you will know that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God. See, uh, I think it was added to show that the Lord's departure was ordered. And it was unhurried. It was with a purpose. Many will say that that folded cloth is absolutely the sign that Jesus will come back. Because at the dinner table, when they were done eating, they would crunch up their napkin and throw it on their plate, right? Their handkerchief. And if they weren't quite done, but they were excusing themselves from the table, they would fold it up and set it beside them. Jesus is not finished. He's coming back. He's coming back. You know, uh, 
Verse 8 says, Then the other disciple, John, who came to the tomb first, went in also. He followed Peter, right? And he saw and believed. What does John mean where, where, here where he says that he himself saw and believed? Well, what's he trying to say that he believes? Right? Didn't he already believe? He'd been walking with Jesus for how long now? But yet now he says, I see and believe. Have you ever had to see something to believe it? Have you ever had to, had to actually put your eyeballs on it to believe it? When Shelby was about six, we went to Grandpa and Grandma's house. And uh, we were leaving. It was just me and Shelby. And uh, when we were leaving, I, I had this uh, 78 Ford pickup. And the doors, they kind of hung a little bit, so you had to really push on to shut up. And I put Shelby up in there, and I put her in her seatbelt and everything else. And I, I shut the door. I wanted to make sure it latched, so I really pushed on it. And as soon as it shut, ah! I mean screaming. So I yanked the door back open. Shelby, I'm like, what's wrong? You broke my thumb! You broke my thumb! Well, i got to tell you that Shelby, um, if she has a splinter or if she gets her leg cut off, it's the same reaction, okay? <laughs> it's the same reaction. And, and she is just screaming bloody murder, my thumb, my thumb! So I look at her thumb, and it's still perfect. It looked just the same as it did 20 minutes ago. There is nothing wrong with it. It's not any coloration whatsoever. It's not swelling. It's, it's just fine. I, so, you know, being down, I'm like, hey, it's okay. Take a deep breath. You're all right. You're all right. It's not broke. You're fine. You're fine. I shut the door. I get in. We drive home. She's crying the whole way. I'm like, Shelby, finally, I say, Shelby, stop. Like, your thumb is not broke. It's fine. Well, a couple days later, she's still complaining about her phone. And Christy has this rule of three days. It's her fault, okay? Three days. <laughs> she says three days. If somebody's hurt, unless it's like serious, but if somebody's hurt and they keep complaining for three days, after three days, we'll go ahead and go see the doctor. So, you know, day three, we go to the doctor. Shelby tells him all about it. They x-ray your thumb, and he comes in there and turns a little light thing on and shoves the x-ray up in there, you know. It was, <clears throat> they don't do that anymore, do they? You just show you the computer screen. But they put it up on the wall, you know, and it's like this big. The doctor says, yep, it's broke. <laughs> <laughs> broke right down vertically through the bone. I don't know how you do that. You shove it in a 78 Ford pickup door. That's how you should just break it whoop, straight down. It was absolutely broke. And Shelby says, Dad, I told you so. I had to see to believe. I got to see it, and I believed. And once I believed, I got the award of Dad of the Year. It was good. It was good. But you know what? Sometimes we have to see to believe, right? That was John. John got to see the evidence and believe. But it was so much more than just a physical evidence. It was a spiritual evidence that he believed. You see, uh, he comprehended it at that point. 
He said, I see and believe because of all the evidence that was right there in front of him. Church, there is so much evidence right here in front of us so that we can know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so much evidence to know that if you believe in Him, you'll have life in His name. See, it's not about coming here on Sunday morning and checking the box. It's, it's not about believing that there is a God. It's not about being a good enough person. It's not about doing enough good works that you're going to work your way into heaven. No, it's all Jesus. It's all Him. He has done it all. When He said it is finished, He had, he had taken care of the old law. And he had paved a way for us in Him to have life in heaven for all eternity. It's in Him, church. It's in Him. See, this was proof of the Scriptures. Verse 9 says, For as yet they did not know the Scriptures, that He must rise again from the dead. But now John knew. See, and as John was saying this, I think that he was saying, I know, I know the Scriptures. I know what Christ has said to me. I know what I was told. And now, and now I see. I see it, and I believe. I believe. And verse 10 says, And then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Church, the evidence is abundant. The proof is overwhelming. The proof is overwhelming. And if you don't know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, I want to talk to you this morning. See, I want each one of us to be able to say just what John did. I see and I believe. I believe in Him. I walk with Him. I live with Him. Because He is a living God. He is not dead. And we're going to talk more as we continue on in chapter 20 about the risen Savior. But I want you to hear this morning that it's all about Him. You see, uh, too many religions start adding to it. Christ plus plus. I don't ever want to add Christ plus plus. It is Christ and Christ alone. Period. Amen. And I pray that we can all say, I see and believe that. Because we don't leave His Word alone. We're in it. We're reading it. We're seeing the truth and the evidence that is presented to us. And, and let me tell you, it's not a textbook. It's a living Word that every time you read it, something will jump off the page and whack you in the face. And it's so good. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up.
But I want to ask you this morning, church, do you have life in His name? Have you seen the proof? Have you seen it and admitted that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Because a minute ago I did say that, you know, it's not about checking a box. And I think we can become about that. And then, and then we may get to the point where we say, I don't know where God's at. I can't hear Him. I can't feel Him. I feel lost. You see, Jesus is with us. Every step of the way when we call Him into our life, when we accept Him and believe, He is with us. And if there's any separation whatsoever between you and Christ, it's you. It's you. And so I want to encourage you this morning that if you feel that there is separation between you and Christ, I want you to put your eyes upon Him and believe. I want you to put your eyes upon Him and cry out to Him. He's, there is no distance between you and Him. Maybe you've stepped away. Maybe you've found another path for a little while that led away from Him. And if you found yourself on that path, don't worry. Jesus is still saying, come in. Come in. But you have to make that choice. You have to make that choice to say, Jesus, I want to walk with you. Jesus, I don't, I don't care what the world tells me. I don't care what evil is all around me. I want to walk with you. Because I believe. Because I believe. Listen, if you're struggling this morning and you want prayers, I'm going to pray with you. I want to pray with you and I, I, I want to help you in your journey with Christ because that's why we're here. It is good. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that we have the writings that John has given us. How many runs to the tomb he sees the cloth lying there. The handkerchief folded at the end. He says, I see and believe. Father, I pray that we say right now, I see and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And in that we will know that we have life in His name. And that means that you are with us in this journey. That you are with us as we go through the trials and the struggles of this world, we're not in it alone. We're in it with you. And you tell us that your, your burden is light. And that we can yoke up with you and you will pull us through it all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. And I pray this morning that we journey with you. We don't do it alone. We journey with you. And if we found ourselves off that path, and we find our way back to you because you are right there, right there, calling our name. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.